0: You're listening to Unsubscribe, a podcast where we explore all things sales development to give SDRs and managers alike the tools they need to succeed. Hey, welcome to Unsubscribe. This is your
1: host, AJ Alonso. Uh, I'm here, as always, in front of me, staring at me, deep (laughs) into my soul. I can't. (laughs) Alex Ellison is here with me. I am. Um, Alex, this is a... I'm going to come out and say it. It's a bit of a weird episode. Yeah. Yeah, we don't really have a guest with us today. It's well, just us. Sort of. Virtual guest. You want to introduce our
0: virtual guests? quote-unquote guest? guest, yeah. So our, our guest um, is Ryan Boudreaux. He's a, a former intern here at Demand Drive, and um, he's currently a senior, um, planning to graduate in May at Bentley University in their professional sales program. Right up the road. So following up from the last couple of podcasts we did, we thought it'd be a good idea to talk with someone who is in one of these, you know, professional sales programs. Right. To learn a little bit about, you know, how a program like that might be able to help you, you know, get a leg up when you're entering the workforce and, and sort of what advantages and possibly disadvantages it could uh, could provide you. Yeah.
1: We've talked a lot about
0: with our, our previous episodes with, with Dan Paul
1: and, and Justin Ernest in regards to like how education or specifically education in a professional sales setting isn't necessarily in their eyes Uh, required to become successful in the role. Dan took the side that said almost essentially education is unnecessary at all, almost, uh, in terms of having a successful sales career. And um, Justin went ahead and uh, took a somewhat similar approach in saying that education in and of itself is valuable for any pathway you might take, but there's no real necessity for a professional sales education to be successful in the role, and mm-hmm. I think we're going to hear a bit of a different take from Ryan who is currently, like Alex said, enrolled in the program and might not want to uh, turn on his professors <laughs> as he's about to graduate in May. Um, so we asked him a couple of questions just in regards to the program itself, um, sort of how he found out about it, what he was looking to get out of the program, and, and what he expects to achieve uh, when he graduates this upcoming May. So. I guess I don't know. You want to just dive into a couple of the questions that we asked him and see how he, how he answered them.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah for I, sure. and we'll
1: we'll post this as well as like a separate document to see his answers and, in more in depth. Uh, Ryan is still in school, and it's very clear that he's still in school. Uh, <laughs> there was with a the on. He, yeah, the he questions writes all of his answers. Very
0: different from a professional setting. <laughs> I'm not used to this. Yeah. Um, so, it, just off the top, the first question we asked him was, "How did he hear about Bentley's professional sales program, and um, whether that was sort of the reason he went to Bentley, or if there was, it was just something he discovered when he was, you know, in his first year or two at, at undergrad."
1: Yeah. And um, in a little bit of pre-research for this episode, Alex and I looked up some different uh, universities that had professional sales programs like Bentley. There aren't a lot out there. Um, For how many business schools there are, yeah. there are very
0: few that really put a focus on
1: sales. Yeah, so it it came to no surprise that on a solid amount of the list that we looked at, Bentley was pretty prominently placed. Mm-hmm. I think they do a really good job at advertising that they have this professional sales program. and it seemed like it was pretty easy for him to to find. Um, So he he said that he came to Bentley with the expectations that he would become some kind of marketer or sales professional, and um, given that that was his experience up to that point in in sort of his high school career, um, what he wanted to do matched with what Bentley's message was in terms of their professional program. So I think that they did a pretty good job at letting people know, hey,
0: we're, we're here. Yeah. So we've got this, yeah. this thing. At, at the same time, it's it's sort of interesting to know he was interested in marketing going into school right. and didn't really find out about the sales specific side of things yeah. until he was there and he had some, some professors sort of push him in that direction um, when he realized that marketing wasn't the aspect of, of sales yeah. or business that and he I really think wanted to pursue.
1: That's a lot of the programs that I saw at different universities like um, some of the bigger names like Harvard, Northeastern, Boston College, like some of the ones listed in this area in particular. they might have some kind of professional quote unquote sales program, but it's almost always tied into marketing. Mm-hmm. And there seems to always be this like connection between sales and marketing at a lot of universities that Bentley, I think did a good job of separating. And letting people know if you have a tendency towards marketing, you can go down this track. Mm-hmm. If you have a tendency towards sales, you can go down a totally separate track with a different curriculum and professors and, right. and the whole shebang.
0: Which is interesting, too, just because in the actual workforce, they are very intertwined. Yes. I yeah. know we, when I when I applied to demand drive, it was like sales and marketing. And I understood, I you know, <laughs> the SDR role is primarily sales, but... You know, with, with my interest in marketing, it was one of the reasons I you know, decided to take the job and move towards that role. Yeah, and I think we get it a lot internally here. We're, we're dealing with not only sales teams, but
1: more often than not, sales development as a function is rolled up under the marketing team mm-hmm. in a lot of organizations, so you have to deal with both sides. So I guess billing it as a sales and marketing role makes sense because you're dealing right. with both yeah. most of the time. I, I find it funny that when Ryan was talking about how he took his first marketing class, he knew it wasn't for him like immediately. <laughs> and I had like the exact opposite experience where I I came into this role like you, sort of with the sales and marketing aspect, and knowing marketing was what I wanted to do. And after going through a couple of previous sales internships and roles, I was like, I know this isn't for me. I don't <laughs> want to do sales for the rest of my life. But it's something that I know helps build sort of a, a base level, um, I guess general knowledge that you need to have for any role moving forward, specifically marketing. If mm-hmm. you can use sales to your advantage you can market
0: well ryan was like nah i'm not about that life (laughs) yeah um so on to sort of his next question um once he joined the program we were interested in learning a little bit about what he was looking to get out of it um and whether or not he felt like it was necessary to to get the job he wanted coming out of college or even further down his career
1: yeah and i think he he dives into a little bit of like some of the more nuanced aspects of like how to be a good quote-unquote salesperson in terms of like techniques and stuff that you can use to your advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of like oh like persuasiveness, how to close, and, and stuff that you might get at like an organization like Demand Drive. You know, through our training program we teach a lot of stuff like that, but that's after you've kind of already applied to the job and you, mm-hmm. you, you work here. I think it's really beneficial to see people do that in college. And understand like a lot of those things before moving into their first sales role like you had mentioned um, at the intro to this podcast sort of giving you a leg up a little bit on the rest of the competition out there or even like peers that you might be able to mentor a little bit more early on then uh, you would if you hadn't had that experience so that was interesting
0: yeah and I think there's sort of two places you can see tangentially where that plays out First is with internships I think if you're you know Everyone who's applying to an internship, not everyone, but most of them haven't had a a, a job before, and if they have, right. it's probably not in an office, in a you know a corporate business. Yeah. So to be able to see, oh, they're in a sales program, that'd be great to have as an intern here to work with our SDRs. Right. It's a much easier sell to hire ups and to your, yourself and your recruiting team to say, look, this guy's in sales, he's interested in sales, there's even a chance he could come back as a full-time employee once he graduates. Right. Um, and then on the other side of it, once you do graduate, obviously everyone coming out of college is scrambling to find a job and <laughs> you'll take any advantage you can get to get a leg up on on the other people applying for the same job. so Very true. if you can just get to that interview by being able to put sales professional sales degree on your on your uh, resume, then you know more power to you. Yeah
1: and that's something he mentioned quite a bit in uh, his responses was his, Desire to make a lot of money. (laughs) Uh, I thought it was funny that, and that's something that, like, when Ryan interned here, I didn't really see from him, but, like, it's a totally different experience when you're dealing with an intern versus someone who's Mm -hmm. like, oh, this is, like, what I want in life. Um, So it's pretty clear that, like, he's going through this program, he's enjoying it, he's learning a lot, and he's like, but my end goal was to still, like, get a good job and make a ton of money and, like, try to retire early, which is very noble. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But hey, you know, like you said, more power to him if he can get there.
0: Yeah, so um, sort of, sort of to pull a, a direct quote from his answer there. Oh yeah, do it. Yeah, he said a program such as Bentley's is not the sole factor in getting you to your dream job. However, it gets you there quicker than anticipated, yeah, um, and that basically sums up what solid. we just said in <laughs> a, a nice, quick two sentences. Yeah, I think that also having
1: experience like being an intern at Demand Drive helps him a lot. I think that would you know boost up his overall right. resume quite a bit. And like you said, in terms of like us looking for interns, um, which we do very often seeing someone like him come from the professional sales program we knew we could maybe give him a little bit more responsibility than other interns we might have Mm -hmm. he also knew how to make coffee really well which was solid always good (laughs) always put that on the intern resume yeah (laughs) um and, and, you know, this interview wasn't all business. We we, we took it in a different direction, and we, we asked him a couple of fun questions, like the next one with, about who his professional idol was. Um, and kind of leading back to what I had mentioned about him wanting to make a lot of money, his his professional idol actually ended up, uh, he said it was his grandfather, which I thought was adorable. Um, but he, he said that his grandfather, uh, quote, started fast and ended fast. Uh, retiring at a really young age and now he gets to like travel the world and i think that the combination of ryan's interest in the professional sales program along with seeing his grandfather live this like lavish life post retirement is mm-hmm. like what kind of keeps him on this track um and and is the reason he's like trying to
0: make a ton of money quick and right and i think ideally everyone wants i would love to, that yeah wants to still be you know Physically and mentally active enough when they retire to to travel the world, (laughs) right? Easy to do as well as having the means to do it. So, um, you know, if that's his means means to it, then you know that totally makes sense.
1: And like he said in his in his answer, the program teaches you how to be the best salesman you can be. So, they give you sort of the underlying tools to, and like the techniques to make you the best you you can be. But he also says you have to bring determination and intensity to have success. So, like individually, you want you have to want it. But at the same time, if you do want it, then Bentley's going to give you everything that they have to make you successful. So kind of leading back to some of the other stuff we talked about in our previous episodes, (laughs) uh, do you need a program to be successful as a salesperson? No, but if you find a program like Bentley's, then they'll enable you to do that versus you kind of trying to have to do it on your own.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. I wonder what other schools, I have like a list pulled up (laughs) other than Bentley of of universities that um, offer professional sales programs and from what it looks like they were honestly one of the top ones in terms of just like how many programs and the depth of it Mm -hmm. the only other one i saw that kind of rivaled it was the university of pennsylvania which makes perfect sense because it's a large (laughs) private ivy league university it the descriptions on this are really funny i was talking to alex before we started recording and, and harvard is on the list um, and the description is a large private university in a mid-sized city. And I'm like, yeah, we know it's Harvard. You
0: don't need to describe that to us. <laughs> not everyone knows what city Harvard's in. Uh, well, they don't even say it. They just say mid-sized city. Well, some people think it's in a large city. I don't know. Cambridge? People are in... Yeah. Well, I think it's Boston is the mid-sized city. I I guess so, Cambridge yeah. is not a
1: mid-sized city. No, not really. That's a good point. Mm. Um, what else did we ask Ryan. <laughs> we did ask him how many licks it takes to get to the center of a tootsie pop, which is, I don't know why we asked him that. I forgot. Why not? I think you just yeah. Why not? You know. It's easily found online. Well, it's you, inconsistent. You can look it up. Yeah, it is inconsistent. Because right. everyone's saliva is different. Right. Um, anyway, he guessed one hundred and twenty-five to one hundred and fifty, which was wrong. But he also said that, <laughs> as a resourceful student, he looked it up on the internet. So. He ended up finding that the answer... I think it was closer to, like, three to 400 for most of them, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I never
0: had the he patience. He missed a really great pun opportunity. He could have licked it up. Ugh.
1: That's, <laughs> I feel bad that <laughs> you wouldn't said that. Yeah, I know. Uh, I never had the patience to uh, try and get no, to the No, you t- just t- bite through t- as exactly. soon as you can. One, two, three. Three. Yeah. That's Everyone's how you Everyone's the it. owl. Everyone's the owl. I wonder <laughs> if there's, like, a correlation between... If you are patient enough to get to the Tootsie Roll Center of a Tootsie Pop, and how successful you are in
0: sales, I would say no. I would say that we need a study <laughs> to confirm that. Okay, we'll get we'll buy everyone here at Tootsie Pop. Perfect, and then just correlate we'll easy cross. Yeah, yeah, we'll cross-reference it with the you know percentage of lead goals hit. Yeah.
1: We'll have to toss in some placebo Tootsie Pops. Good, I
0: think this is a good metric to judge our SDRs on. For sure, for sure. Yeah. How many licks can you get on a Tootsie Pop before you give up and bite through it? <laughs>
1: um, I don't know. I feel like this is to happen Oh, you can, can try it first. Yeah. yeah, I'll buy myself a bunch of Tootsie Pops. You can just buy one. You can't just do one. You know the first rule of experimentation, <laughs> you, know, you have to repeat these it. These aren't Pringles. <laughs> oh, this is getting off the rails,
0: quick folks. I said it was going to be a weird episode. It got weird,
1: uh, what was the last question we asked him? That was... Well, there was the other one. Oh, yeah. Oh, Bezos or Musk.
0: That's yeah. right. It's always a good one. Um He went with Musk. I think that's sort of the consensus among... Well, he said being a millennial or Gen Z or whatever he was born in 1997. Yeah, I don't know. I think that might be Gen Z, but... It's right on the border. Yeah. Either way, I think it's interesting that he, he points out he prefers Musk, but he does say that... um Bezos is a better businessman. Yeah, I think... Musk just comes across as a better person. Yeah. I think PR-wise, Musk has... Maybe either has a better team or he's just, like, kind of a nicer guy. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, I don't know either of them professionally. Elon Musk, feel person. free to come on the podcast and discuss. Jeff Bezos, the offer extends
1: to you as well. <laughs> um, I think it's funny, yeah, he, he mentions for both that they... Again, he talks about how much he loves making money. <laughs> Ryan, <laughs> geez. Um, but he... He likes how Elon Musk isn't just trying to make as much money as possible, which he's doing. He's doing a really good job of that. But <laughs> he's also trying to change the ways in which humans live everyday lives, like colonizing Mars and building gigawatt factories and things Hyper of that nature. And yeah. Yeah. Like SpaceX. like generally good things to put back out into the world as you rake in billions and billions of dollars. Um And yeah, he he mentions how Bezos is a great businessman and he obviously also likes making money, like as much money as possible. But um, I think it's interesting that as a millennial slash Gen Z, he does, like you say, lean a little bit more towards the social good that Musk is doing versus the insane amount of money that (laughs) Bezos is making. Interesting stuff, Ryan. Yeah. Interesting stuff. I can't thank him for being on the podcast because Well, we can thank him for giving us the answers to questions. We can. I already did before. But if he listens to it. He better listen. Thank you, Ryan. Yeah, thanks, Ryan. You're the best, man. (laughs) (laughs) And, hey, a job is here if you ever want it. I'm just saying. Do you have any last
0: thoughts on Ryan's answers before we sign off for the people here? Um, No, I thought they were pretty insightful. I know because with Dan, like you talked about earlier, with Dan and Justin, they were both sort of like, well, you don't need it. (laughs) <laughs> but it's good to sort of see the other side of the coin and, and where right. the advantages lie when you do have the chance to learn about sales, specifically when you're going through your undergraduate yeah. degree.
1: and I think Ryan even would echo this sentiment that you don't need it. Need isn't, like, the right word to describe it, and all of our guests would probably agree with that, but the opportunity to have it is better than the opportunity not. Mm-hmm. So, like, take it if you got it. Yeah. yeah. Take it if you got it. That's a good way to end it. <laughs> All right, well, thanks again, Ryan, if you're, you're listening, and you totally should be. And uh, Alex, thanks, as always, for being on the podcast with me. We'll catch everyone next week.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of Unsubscribe. Remember, to get less unsubscribe emails in your inbox, subscribe to Unsubscribe, and get your SDR team in tip-top shape. See you next week.